0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Well, I've been reading this book, and it's pretty freaking awesome. No, you know, I'm going to try not to read that much to you all today because I know how you love it. But um, it's called The Sacredness of Question Everything by David Dark. If you're on Twitter, David Dark is on Twitter. This guy's badass. And you know who told me about him? David Bazan from Pedro the Lion. It's okay, man. you got to check this guy out. <laughs> this is years ago, and I did, and I've read all of his books. But this is by far the best thing he's written. Well, not by far. He's a good writer. But this is one of the best things he's written. But one of the best things I've read in a long time. And so today when I was thinking about, what am I going to say? Because, you know, like, Vince isn't here today. He's he's gone. Lily's not here today. (laughs) Chris and Ann are not here today. (laughs) Uh, Who else isn't here today? Oh, yeah. Everybody's gone. I've been abandoned. You know, I found out when I figured out what else happened. Our website's been down. Yeah, still down. And um, and one of my really good friends, who, who, who some of you probably don't know, is really mad at me right now. So that has been my week. Just a pain in the butt. But next week's going to be better because I'm going to go see my nephew graduate in North Carolina this coming week. So I'm really excited about that. I can't believe it can't believe he's graduating. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I really, you know, we didn't think that was going to happen, so. <laughs> I didn't graduate, so I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I mean, I went back, and I trimmed my eyebrows when I went back because I really wanted to walk, you know. I went back, so I went to this place to walk, and I was probably the youngest, one of the youngest people walking there because it was all these old people who went back to get their high school diploma. And I thought I'd trim my eyebrows, but I trimmed them too short, so the pictures look really weird. I have really bad trimmed eyebrows, and I have like, Wolverine chops it's a really and like a blue hat I'm like looks really weird like oh that poor boy and his eyebrows um anywho now we have our announcements remember next week come next weekend because there's gonna be free barbecue and now baked goods for a dollar um okay we're just gonna get into it guys are you ready <laughs> have we made God a fragile, insecure, petty <laughs> um, God? Does God have mood swings? Does God worry more about our sin than the poor dying and suffering? And does God want us to? And what got to me thinking about this was, is I'm not just reading this chapter, but lady um on twitter got uh, i love i got so many twitter stories man it's crazy this thing has got like, revolutionized my ministry my preaching i can so much to talk about um was telling me that she saw my this video i did about you know what i believe about it not being a sin to be gay and so she tried to tell me i was completely wrong and then she follows it up with um well a few but then one of these falls up she's like so uh the website that uh, shut down, was that the one with the curse word on it? wonder what's happening there. Hmm. <laughs> and by a curse word, she meant bastard. And so basically, I, just, I asked her, I'm like, you're not thinking that, I mean, you think God's that petty that he's going to shut down our website? She's like, it's not petty. It's like, Pente- It's like you know, Pentecost. I was just like, wow, Pentecost and Revolution website getting shut down, the miracles of God. <laughs> That's, the, you know, second Pentecost. But, um, you know, I tried to make peace as much as I could, but it wasn't easy. And so what I think is sometimes we, we just, you know, I don't want to, I've had so many friends in my life who felt like anytime anything bad happened to them, God did it because they had done something wrong. Now, we've talked about this before. I mean, we've talked about when when the disciples asked, we're talking to Jesus saying, well, those guys who were killed by the tower that fell, you know, were they any worse than anybody else? And Jesus says, no. Um, Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things just happen. Good things happen to bad people. You know what I mean? It's just like life is not fair. Trust me. The older you get, the more you realize it. Um but some people make god in this image of this petty god who is constantly punishing them with these little things like shutting their car down or shutting their website down you know or you know i'm sure they would person you know one person you know i remember when i they said well, you know jays just was telling my friend i've told this just a million times so I like everything i talk about <laughs> there's nothing new under me um But this person, like, alluded to my mom dying and my wife leaving me to, like, my theology about being gay affirming. You know, I'm like, why would you even follow a God like that? I mean, if that's what God is, if God is that, like, wishy-washy, we're in big trouble. Trust me, I'm in really big trouble, you know. I mean, because, I mean, what we've done is, is, you know, maybe you've heard this before, is, you know, God created us in his image and then we return the favor. You know, we create God in our image. We create God to be like this petty, crazy God, and then, and and we stick to it like we know it. We know it for a fact, and we know everything about there there is to know about God. And to me, that is just like, really, it doesn't make sense. Time to time for your favorite part. Are you ready for my excellent reading skills? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am not a really great, great reader, and I'm hopefully going to rate this in the right place. Let me make sure I got the right one. Okay. This God who isn't love, made in our worst image, would keep us doubled up inside, putting on a brave face of fake confidence. The dysfunctional deity of often interacts with our own psychosis, dysfunctions, and can render religious types into some of the saddest and most fearful, hateful, and damaged people in the world. I want to announce the good news that God, the God in whom I believe, never calls anyone to placate or pretend or silence their concern about what's true. I want to break through mind-forged, <coughs> maniacal, and uh, manasalist? I can't remember that word. That renders <laughs> us, that's why people like it when I read, <laughs> renders us incapable of seeing truthfulness for fear we might let in the wrong information. God is not made angry and insecure by archaeologists, digging, a sacrifice, uh, scientific discovery, an ancient manuscript, or a good film about homosexual cowboys, nor would I imagine God to be mad, angry, or insecure by people with honest doubts concerning his existence. God is not counting on us to keep ourselves stupid, closed off to the complexities of the world we're in. Now, that's pretty bold stuff, wouldn't you say? I I think it is, and I I think it's great to hear that because, you know, there's people who I mean, there are Christians who just say, "Oh no, dinosaurs don't, don't exist." I'm like, "Really? Dinosaurs never existed." I mean, what are those bones? Oh, well, I don't know, but that's the enemy of God, right there, buddy. Or then there's some people who believe that, like, Adam and Eve rode on dinosaurs. <clears throat> the point being is, is you know, why do we why do we fear learning or fear science or fear things like this as though Somehow it's going to affect God, and God's going to disappear. Well, I mean, if that's the fact, then it's a God that you've created. You know, um, science and Christianity can go hand in hand. You know, When you learn to read the Bible and understand how it was written, especially some of the stuff in the Old Testament, along with science and things today, I mean, you realize that some things were explained just to try to explain them to people with limited understanding. Um, now some people have their whole life Built with this Like their house their, their, their faith is a deck of cards You know what I mean And if you pull one out It oh, tumbles You know it's like it's, all, it's either all true All or nothing And that, I don't think that helps us either So if you think God wants you to stay stupid Like I had a friend of mine Tell my friend like Don't read those Brian, Brian McLaren books You know and he's like Well have you read them And he's like no But I know people who have And I've seen what happens to them you know what I mean? It's like condemning something that you you know, that you haven't even read about or don't know anything about or you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense, you know, or stay away from those people. You know, it just, we've we've turned God into this petty, almost like powerless God that we have to appease and and hide from things and pretend and put on this good face. And to me that's just a really big waste of our time and God's time and people's time. David Dark talks about in this book, too, he goes, you know, we are leaning on our own understanding of God. We're not called to pretend at, you know, at belief ever. We're only called to try. We're called to try to believe. And. uh, Hello. Um, I believe And I believe by God's grace That I need not trouble myself With trying to believe more intensely Now I want you to think about this What we're talking about here Is we've gone from this crazy image of God To this idea of We're not called to pretend At our belief ever We're only called to try We're called to try for our faith Because you're going to have doubts in your faith If someone says I've never doubted my faith They're a liar you know, I, there are no super Christians out there who haven't gone through something where someone, they've lost a family member or an iPod or something like that and they question the existence of God. The iPod thing was a joke. But, um, <laughs> but you, know, you know, you just see things like, you know, to me, you know, th- th- you see that happen all the time. I need not trouble myself with trying to believe more Intensely. In matters of belief and knowing, I try to refrain from oaths, pledges, and swearing, lest I bear false witness. Lest I claim falsely that I know something when I don't. Do I walk around knowing that my Redeemer lives all the time? No. Do I think Isaiah and Paul and John the Baptist did? No. Do I still believe I'm being saved? Yes. (laughs) Yes. This business of having to feel a particular way or to feel a sense of absolute confidence in God or to pretend to know that God is there all the time is one of the things I actually have been saved and am being saved from. I'm not called to pretend at belief ever. I'm only called to try. So, you know, you look at something like this and think, That's refreshing. You know, this guy is saying, "Okay, you're going to have moments of doubt," and you say, "Well, Jay, I don't know about this. What are you preaching? It's okay to doubt God or to, you know, have our questions." I think almost everybody in the Bible has done did that to the point where I mean, I think you could even stretch it to the uh, the garden when Jesus was um, praying to ask the Father to to let this cup pass, basically like. I don't want to be crucified. If there's anything you can do, let this pass, and I want to stay here, you know? I mean, he's like, if I don't have to fulfill, if I don't have to pay the price for these people's sins, let me just live here as a human being, grow old, have a family, and all this stuff. I mean, that's not the plan, but Jesus had those those feelings. When when Jesus was on the cross, you know, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Um, we can look at people like Peter. You know, he... he had struggles. He denied Christ three times, but that's not because he didn't believe in him, it was because he uh because he was scared. But there were times when, you know, I think of when Peter went to Galatian to the Galatian church and wouldn't sit with certain people because he was worried about what other people thought, you know, and how his faith would be seen through the eyes of one group rather than another group. And so we have this thing where we play this pretend game, and I grew up seeing this game played all the time of these great men of faith the, you know, oh, God is great and good and never seemed to have a moment of doubt, a pain, uh, insecurity about God. They just seem to go on. You know what I mean? And they seemed perfect. And it freaked me out. And it made me feel like I couldn't ever be that. And uh, <clears throat> if if they would have said, Jay, you know, it's not having it all together all the time. It's just trying. You know, um, but then you get people at Faith that Works is dead. You get, you know. Well, we're saved by grace, not by works. You know, those things seem to contradict each other. And they don't, but they do add some friction there. Um, and so you think, well, faith. But faith and believing aren't necessarily the same thing. The father of faith, Abraham, when he was told that he would have descendants as many as the stars, he believed and was made righteous. And then right after that, he said, approve it to me. And then after that, he had sex With the slave woman to try to bring forth God's stuff because he was doubting God, not knowing if God would do it. So he had another child, and then God finally brought his child, you know. And then those two kids ended up not really liking each other very much. But the point is, is there's man's attempt at doing things when we doubt, you know, when there was doubt there. And uh, I think what we need to do is learn that it's okay to doubt; it's part of our faith. But we, you know, but it's funny to me is that when it becomes man's attempt. Think about this. When you doubt God, you start to do like, I'm going to do good works and make everything together and I'll just do it this way. You know what I mean? It's like, "Eh." you know, just keep living. Just keep preaching. There's been, I've preached here at least three times since I've been here where I've been like, oh man, I'm really having a crisis of faith, you know. And some people say fake it till you make it. But if you fake it, you do other people a disservice. You make other people think that he seems to have it together and he's, you know, and I can't, I don't, you know, I really struggle with this. And, you know, I read that Richard Dawkins book and I, you know, I just don't know, you know, and I I need to go away. You know, I just, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not cut out for this type of thing. You know, read up. There's no reason not to read these things. And people say, oh, Jay, what are you saying? You know, and it's like, you know, either God is God or God is our imagination, I'm only called to try with God's help to be faithful, to try to love and to try to tell the truth. I often feel strong sense of confidence. Make sure I'm reading you guys the right thing right now. My notes, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And try to tell the truth. I often feel strong sense of confidence that the one who began this redeeming work in me will bring it to completion. As I understand it, This is how salvation gets worked out. I'm not required to cut off my questions or try to uncritically place my faith in a particular doctrine. The call to worshipfulness is a call to employ my imagination and therefore the whole of my practice. This call is summons to mindfulness and all I say and do in mindfulness that requires engagement and questioning everything. Think about it, politics, spirituality, business, you know, and and, and religion. I mean, if we didn't make questions about these things, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't grow understanding politics. We wouldn't grow. I mean, my faith is completely different than when I first started believing. Like, I would argue with myself big time right now, you know, and I would probably take the old J and the old J would be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe anymore. I'm a heretic. (laughs) And there'd be a lot of people who agreed with old Jay. But the fact is, is I've grown over the years. I've studied. I've studied deeper. And, you know, so you never arrive. And and you're always growing. And that's why it's good to ask questions. That's why it's good to, you know, okay, you know, I'm not feeling my faith. Well, what about this? What about this? What about this? We shouldn't be afraid of knowledge. If you're afraid of knowledge, then God is not – your ideas of God are built on sand. You know? So – You know, read, you read those, you know, read books, you know, read books you like and agree with read books you don't agree with. You know, I just, you know, I want to follow my faith and even in my moments of my doubt, my, my, even in my biggest moments of doubt, there's still not, I still feel like I would really be willing for some reason if I had to lose my life for my faith, I still would do that. Even when I'm like, I don't know if this is true, because I found loving my neighbor as myself and loving people, and 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 looking at redemption and 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 forgiveness and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it was redemption. You know, like seeing that Mike Tyson movie. You know, I kind of felt like there was a little redemption there. Um, you know, those type of things I get excited about anyway, and those type of things that I read and understand. I'm excited about and keep me coming back even in the moments of doubt. You following me there? Do we think our certainty is what drives us to success? And I would say a lot of people do. I've seen it a lot in the church. People who feel like I'm certain this is the word of God. It is, you know, uh, what do they say? It's infallible you know, it was handed to me from the heavens, and it's right, and it's perfect, and blah, blah, You know, I mean, when you really start studying books written about the Bible and the history of the Bible, it's going to freak you out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It freaked me out a little bit. You know, knowing that there's a couple books in here that are claimed to be written by someone and aren't. Little freaky. But it's the best we got. And it's okay. This book doesn't disappear because I question it. But there's a lot of people... We're afraid to question it because they're afraid that you know their God is between these two pieces of. It says leather. I don't believe it though. (laughs) Between these two pieces of genuine plastic leather. That's really amazing. I want a jacket made out of this kind of leather if it is leather. Hello, everyone. Um, (laughs) You know, and why do we hide our doubts? You know, I'm working on a book right now, and some of the I put some of my doubts in there, and some people were like one of the people that read my book was like, and it wasn't Vince, it was somebody else, said, Jay, you know, this might affect some of the readers, some more of the evangelical readers, you know, who love your parents and are going to buy your book because of that. Bless their hearts. Um, But he was saying, but he was saying, (laughs) but he was saying, you know, but I mean, it's like, why hide doubts? God knows our doubts no matter how good we're at at hiding it. And like I said, we hurt people. Do we do it to look confident? Do we do it to look like we have everything together? You know, sometimes when we think we have it all together, you know, pride comes into our lives. And I don't know if you've seen some preachers who just think that they have it all together, know it all, and think everybody else is wrong but they're them and their group. You know, and they become arrogant jackasses, and uh, you know. But I know enough from life to know that these guys can't just, you know, feel this way a hundred times. You know what I mean? I've seen people change. I've seen people set free from legalism. I've seen, you know, judgmental, conser- you know, <laughs> conservative Christianity. I've seen them set free. Hallelujah! But um. You know, but why? Why do we want to, you know, uh, just, you know, don't hide your doubts. this if, if you come here, hopefully you know that, and this is a place for people who have doubts. Some of you c- who come here don't even believe, which is aw- not awesome, but it blows my mind. Because <laughs> I want everybody to believe. <laughs> but, um, but that's just me. But you don't have to. And I have moments of doubt all the time, and sometimes I have a rough time doing that. But... People come here and feel comfortable, and that's the idea. We're here. We're a family. We're a group of people in this together. And if you're struggling or you don't believe or that, you're still welcome here, and you're still just as much of a member as the church as anybody as, as I am. Period. End of sentence. <laughs> um, you know, we're afraid people think less of us. Our ego is affected. And and the next one I referred to earlier is Peter's. His ego was affected because he didn't want his – the guys who came with James. You know, James, Jesus' brother, showed up, and all of a sudden Peter was like, oh, I'm not going to eat with the Gentiles. I only eat with the Jews. You know what I mean? And Peter was freaked out. And so he hung out with James. I guess James seems like a pretty freaking harsh dude sometimes. Um <clears throat> That's my opinion. But, of course, when your brother's Jesus, you know, you're like, well, <laughs> I mean, he was my brother. <laughs> you know, that could lead to attitude. <laughs> um, you know, Peter freaked, and Paul called him out. Um, and Paul's buddies freaked, and we're like, I'm going to go sit with Peter, you know. We can't handle this. I don't want to be seen this way, you know? you know. Because ego can get in our way. And don't do it. It's just a disservice to everybody. You know, there's so many things I wish I would have heard growing up, and that's why I st- st- started a part of this church. You know what I mean? There was three of us that started it. But why I got involved in this, because I want to be honest with people. I want people to, to say the things that no one said to me. You know, because I just felt like all these impossible standards to the point where I just thought God hated me and had nothing, not wanted nothing to do with me. I think that's why I associate so well with Folks in the LGBT community because they felt that way, you know, because I, they felt that way because they felt I was born this way or God gave me this sin. Why does God hate me? You know, and and I had just a count of number of reasons why God hated me, you know, and um, silly reasons. But, you know, because I was afraid to ask questions and it seemed when I did ask questions, even questions they couldn't answer, they seemed to give it to me in a firm enough way <laughs> that I was like, OK, you know. Jay, but don't ask that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm evil. That's why I asked that question. Um, The world, though, also loves absolutes. It's not just people in the church. We love absolutes. And I was thinking about this. Um, We love to find out when people, you know, aren't completely absolute or completely this and and just give them crap. I mean, I remember growing up as a skater, and I wasn't, you know, very good as a, a little chubby kid, and, you know, I got called Poser a lot, you yeah, know, because I had the sweet gear, you know what I mean, um, but people called me Poser a lot, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, I was like, whatever, dude, <laughs> Um and why is that? Because people say, you know, we want an absolute. We want you to be absolutely this or that. I mean, in California, the rockabilly guys out there, have you ever been to Orange County and seen the rockabilly dudes? Holy majolies. It's like they went back in time and got their stuff. You know, and they like, oh, yeah, I, went, I got a time machine. Sailor Jerry did all my tattoos, bro. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. And then you feel like some sort of, like, weird, like, I don't belong here. <laughs> My clothes were made a year ago. Um, I can't live up. And I was also thinking, what was that guy who wrote that book, A Million Little Pieces? James James, James Frey. I was thinking about this guy. Do you know how, when you write an autobiography, you put the best in there. Now, he kind of pumped it up a little bit, but you know what probably was the difference between his autobiography and a lot of other people's autobiographies? He got caught. You think everything that like Motley Crue writes about really happened? Dude, man, we were snorting freaking nails. It was crazy. You know, it's like, yeah, that's awesome. I want to be like you. Um, <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. I mean, I, I, the other day I watched this, this interview with uh, the guy from Aerosmith. What's his name? Steven Tyler? I mean, dude, he's like 70s. Like, yeah, man, when I wrote Loving in the Elevator, I was in the room, like, in an elevator with like four girls. It was crazy. You know, and I'm just like, Really? Come on. I and mean, maybe you were, but, you know, I really don't care. I don't know why I had to say that, but I think those guys exaggerate a little bit too, you know. You know, the one guy just had his knee replaced, and he's like, yeah, I don't really need the cane anymore. I use it for style. I'm like, yeah, sure you do, buddy. Yeah. So, but we want, we, you know, we want this, like, everything to be 100% true and absolute. And you know what? I have not found... There, you just can't. And in faith, faith is not something that's based on absolutes. Disproving faith is some Atheism is not anything that's based on absolutes either. There's a lot of science there, but there's no absolute. None of us know. It could have been a crazy, like, alien came down, or who knows? The Big Bang, you know? yeah. I mean, I don't think that happened, but, you know, I can't... Nothing can be absolute in, in my mind. And... Uh, and growing up, though, the idea of, like, if you believed, and especially if you're just like, I barely know the Bible, they'd be like, oh, man, you're a man of faith. You just believe. He just believes. He just has faith. You know, and I'm arguing with this one person online. Online really brings you down to your lowest <laughs> comp- denominator, denomin- whatever, lowest piece of whatever you are, because I get sucked in all the time. But, you know, telling me all this stuff, like, I said, well, have you read the Scriptures? Have you studied them? Have you seen them in context? No but I've cast the spirit out and I know what that is. I'm like, okay, so I've studied it. Like with a fine tooth comb, gone through it, come to a conclusion, but I'm wrong because you have a feeling and, but I've studied it. You know, I mean, I don't understand this. And, uh, you know, and there's like no logic there. You know, I'm not saying, I'm like, you need to study this and maybe you'll study it and prove me wrong. I said, but at least you'll have You know the ability to have a legitimate conversation with another human being. I hope I'm ruffling some feathers today. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Um. Oh, I mean, golly, when I my book came out and I was on all these shows, you know. Oh, and then when the freaking One Punk Under God thing came out, I did not come up with that name for the record. I thought it was cheesy and dumb. But they gave me two choices: it was that or Tattooed Prophet. And what it TP. Hi, I'm TP, everybody. What's down? I hated both of them, but, you know, Sundance kind of had me by the um, toes. <coughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so there's like a lot of... Oh, isn't that punk rock? He's not really punk rock. Me me, 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 And I'm like, you know, I could care less. I don't even really listen to punk rock music anymore. You know, I mean, I have some stuff I like. But... You know, I even I was just in um, Wisconsin and some kid in Wisconsin's like, "Yeah, you were on NPR and you're playing songs that you like. You're a complete punk poser." I'm like, "Dude, I am 30 freaking 3 years old." You know, if that's the best things of my if that's what I have to worry about, I would I wish that's what I had to worry about. Am I punk enough? Am I hipster enough? Enough, you know. I mean, I'm not a hipster. You know whatever. You just, makes me crazy. From a kid in <laughs> yeah, from a kid in Wisconsin, but it was Appleton. That's a pretty hip area. Um, or you know, I'm gonna go on to say like Harley shirts. You know, I mean, I used to love to wear like Harley belt buckles. People be like you ride? I'd be like, no, and they'd be like, what about that shirt? I'm like, dude, I like it. You know, it's badass. It's got a motorcycle on it. And you know, an eagle on the back. I had this one uh, Harley shirt and on the back. You know how they put their names on the back and ruin the shirt by that, all the guys? If you own a Harley dealership, please stop putting your name of your store on the back of the shirts. This guy's name was Dick Farmer. So I blacked it out as much as I could with a black marker. But that was what I was called for like six months. And that shirt had to go away. And this guy's... This big on the back of his shirt, you know, and I'm like, I'm badass. Just don't look at the back of my shirt. Um, And that was like 91 or 92, anyhow. I want to make you laugh. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I'm here for your pleasure. Um, You know, absolutes in the Christian, predestination, free will. I went to a church where they said, you know, Jay, we believe in predestination. And at the time, I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I grew up Armenian, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you'll come to the truth one day. I mean, this whole absolute. So I started studying it, and it nearly drove me insane because they both seem to be in existence, which blows my mind, um, if, if you want to go that way. Um, it could be contradiction. could be all that other things. But to me, they both kind of live there in this, like, conflicting moment of strangeness. Mm. Um. You know, that whole all or nothing attitude. Um, you have to believe this or believe that. Um, the absolutes, you know, I, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm an atheist, I'm this, I'm that, you know. What do you believe? And if you believe it, you're in or you're out. Are you with us or against us? You know, this whole like black or white, no compromise, you know. And then I was I was, you know, he has this thing in this book about being, you know, saying things like, well, as far as I know. To the best of my knowledge, you know, Well, what I, what I, you know, what I personally believe, you know, saying things like that. Um, well, Jay, that's just lukewarm spew you from your mouth. Jesus is going to spew you from his mouth. You know, you've heard that scripture. You're either cold or hot. You're lukewarm. Um, well, I was thinking about that lukewarmness and I'm wondering if maybe that lukewarmness is that thing of just saying I'm never going to budge from my thought. I'm going to put God in a box, and this is who God is, and I'm not going to let it grow, and I'm not going to let it shrink. <laughs> um, I'm not. Gonna <laughs> oh Lord, I make myself laugh. I'm not going to, you know. I mean, I'm not going to learn more, and I'm not going to, you know, learn less. This is where I'm at, and I'm going to stay here forever. To me, that might seem more like lukewarmness. I've got God in a prison down the street, and He is not going anywhere. I know where God is, so I'm going to handle it that way. Because that's what a lot of us do. You know, we just say. You know, all right, God, you know, I know who God is. I know what God is. And, uh, you know, you hear things like people say, God can't. God can't go against blah, blah, blah. You know, God can't go against this or that or that. He can't do that. And I'm like, I've always hated hearing that. Because I'm like, really? You're telling me something. You know, you. Uh, bag of bones. Know what God can't do? Awesome. He can't create a rock bigger than himself, Jay? <laughs> that he can't lift. I'm like, you don't know. I'm gonna ask him to do that in front of you, and drop it on your head. Um. Or God wouldn't do that. Or God. I know what God's will, and it's specifically this. You know, people who say that usually do weird things. Go back to Abraham. I mean God talked to talked to Abraham as far as I know. Huh? And uh he still didn't like buy it completely. I mean freaking that one guy who was supposed to uh you know, God talks to this other guy like, "I want you to talk to Paul, the this guy Paul who's been killing all these Christians so you can confirm his ministry and he can change everything and be a great guy for me." And the guy's like, "No, Lord, you know." So, we, we <laughs> We sometimes argue with God's wills, but I can't say we always know what God's will is. I mean, I don't. When I speak of interpretations, I mean to return to a sense of the sensible way that people believe their way through life and they carry with which folks. Pepper their speech with expressions like, as far as I can tell and as far as I know, being careful not to mislead or speak an untruth. In this vein it might also be appropriate to entertain Frederick Nietzsche's uh, words that there are no facts, only interpretations. And this, too, is an interpretation. <laughs> Many people allude to the first part without including the last bit. Did you hear the last bit? You know, it's all, you know, <clears throat> there's no facts, only interpretations, and this, too, is an interpretation. So many people alluded to the first part without including the last bit. But the last bit is crucial. What's the p- purveyors of what is real? Be they priests, presidents, or new products. Decrees, a fact, or an essential interpretation by fellow humans. They are attempts at making sense. And it's what I'm doing. Nietzsche would say, right now, I'm a mere interpreter too aren't you? Will you join me in this confession? This is where we live, all of us, in a place of not knowing, but believing and hoping, suspecting and interpreting. Might we admit for one mad liberating moment that this is where we are? Is it a confession we feel we can't afford You know, I mean, I like it because he's saying, you know, right here, it's hoping. You know, we're suspicions, interpreting, and believing. I mean, that's why we have like 500 different denominations, and I don't think any one of them holds a corner on truth. That's why we have so many different religions. Now, people might be like, oh, Jay, this is so new agey and spiritual and just so like, oh, believe whatever you want to believe. I'm saying that doubt is a part of life. That faith is, you know, a part of hoping. That reading the Bible is is sometimes, you know, doing the best you can with what you got. And then, trust me, this book is not an answer book. You know, it's not your, what are they, life's manual. This is a manual to life. Jesus gave me a manual. It's not. I would like to see, you know, I couldn't live uh, as that as a manual. But it helps you work out problems. And that's what's important. It helps you grow in your life. It helps you love people more. It reminds me to love my enemies. It, remind, you know, it showed people like Martin Luther King you know, and, and people like Gandhi and different things like that. You know, they loved what they, they saw in Jesus of this whole idea of loving your enemies and carrying a pack an extra two miles. You know, these on days of nonviolence. Um, really beautiful things that have changed my life and, and really helped me to even see people who drive me nuts, not as bad people but as people who have bad information. It is not easy. <clears throat> Whew. So I was thinking, you know, in, in, in Corinthians 13, when you hear about all the whole love scripture, which is one of my favorite verses, and then it says there will be three things remaining, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these are love. But I was thinking about faith and hope. Faith is evidence of things not seen, Okay. Because that's not an absolute right there. It's evidence of something you've never seen. So you feel that you have evidence, but it's not a closed case. You know, Paul said we see through a glass darkly, right? That, I mean, that's different translation. Some is a mere darkly, some is a, you know. But we see, we don't see it all. But when we claim to see it all, we're going exactly the opposite from what Paul said when we think we have it all figured out. We don't see it all clearly. We won't see it clearly, you know, until we're dead, and um, that's a fun idea. Um, <laughs> it's a long vacation. So when you look at these things, that these are the things that even remain out of everything. And it's faith and hope. It, it's not, you know, it, it's not this idea of absolutes. It's not this idea of this, this, and this. It's saying faith, hope, and love. And that's what we've got to live our life through. You know, I'm going to love and live this way. Because I have faith that this is the truth. And I hope that this is the truth. You know, I'm 90% sure this is the truth. You know, and sometimes I'm 10% sure this is the truth. And sometimes I'm 0%. You know, I mean, we all struggle. We go through these things. Who are you to put limits on God? You know, is there a student that's smarter than the teacher's teacher? I mean, maybe, but <laughs> but seriously, you know what I mean? Like, we we want to act as though we have figured out more than even God or, or, you know, Jesus does. And Jesus said, oh, you're going to do things greater than me. Oh, there's things I'm not ready to tell you yet, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and those things will be revealed, and all this stuff. And, you know... But it was never really about absolutes. It was about growing and continually changing. And, and that's why the Bible talks about repentance. And everybody thinks it's just a scary word. Oh, I've got to repent and get down on my knees and beg God for forgiveness. But it's a change of mind. It's a constant growth. It's a constant learning. It's a constant process. That's pretty cool, right? I, mean, I want to take that word back because, I mean, I get so tired of people abusing that freaking word. It makes me crazy. I see one more street preacher holding a sign that says reprint. I'm like, can you just put change of mind or Jesus loves you <laughs> or I love you? And I guess there's people who do that in San Francisco because a bunch of hippies out there. But, um, you know, at least do that. Why you got to sell with like the harsh stuff yet? Well, Jay, you got to put the fear God. In. And I'm like, yeah. Screaming at someone on the street. You know, I'm sure I know. I know a person who would say if they're a street preacher, but. But to me, you know, that person also believed every time their freaking van broke down, God hated them or again, God broke their van down. And I had to shake and brag them not to realize that God is not like that petty. I mean, if God's going to break your van down, don't you think he's going to stop the, the atrocities in Darfur too? And maybe stop AIDS in Africa? And maybe stop AIDS here? Maybe, you know, or, you know, that's why that, that's where I think the free will thing comes in. I don't think God's intervening in all the everything we do. All right, there you go. I'm a, officially a heretic now. I'm going to read this and we'll be done. Unless we claim a direct line to God, let me share my interpretation. Unless we claim a direct line to God, and we'd do well to worry when we hear other people, especially our leaders, imply that they do, interpretation is all we've got. It's it is prayful, prideful, dim witted, and discerning, admitting as such humble and often might admitting as such humbly and often might help us to become people less prone to reverting to monologue or the non conversations that expect people to sit quietly and not interrupt. You see what I'm saying? It allows a conversation to happen. You know, when we're humble and say, you know what, I don't know at all. I do, you know, you're prone to, you know, listening and not doing all the talking like I'm doing right now. When you don't, you don't have it figured out. There's something beautiful about humility and there's something that I'm drawn to from people who don't, you know. Jesus, you know, could have brought, you know, the, the, the uh, I'm stuttering. The disciples at one point asked Jesus to bring down hellfire and brimstone onto um, the Samaritans because they rejected them in their town, and Jesus was like, "Are you guys serious? I mean, he didn't actually say that, but I'm going to kind of briefly explain that. Are you serious? You know, why, do you do you not even know why I'm here? You know, it was like that one moment they thought, hey, we got God with us. Let's just burn these <laughs> suckers up, man.'" <laughs> Bring down the chariots of fire, dun 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 dun. dun. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. And he's like, "You guys are crazy." And Jesus could have done all sorts of things if 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 what I believe is true, and that Jesus was God, he could have done all sorts. But he did not cling. You know, to that idea of I'm God and I'm going to do everything and I'm going to show you guys and I'm going to overthrow Rome so all these people like me, you know, he didn't even he didn't take those rights. He was led where he didn't want to be led. He was hung on a cross. He was killed. He was put through you know all sorts of constant like strange things. But he always loved people and he always seemed to be humble and show humility. You know, I mean, there was a there's a couple times where Jesus is a little like kind of jerky. You know, like when the like uh, crumbs from the table thing. But then he turns good there. Oh, no, no, (laughs) know, But some people sit there and go, Jay, don't say. Jesus was jerky. Why? You know, why fear that? You know, I mean, and that's my opinion that if someone said that to me, I would be like, ugh. You know, I wouldn't have gone on to say, well, even the dogs get the crumbs of the table because I wouldn't probably say I'm like a dog. You know. But there's also these things where Jesus showed humility when he was he hung out with people who were despised. And for Jesus to eat dinner with these people and spend time with his people was making himself of no worth. It was actually making himself unclean to Jewish laws and ceremonial laws, and the people that he came for would see him as unclean. Which is pretty much saying, I see Jesus like a sinner. He's dirty. He hangs out with those people who we consider untouchable and unclean and we don't want to have anything to do with. And why is he sitting with these people? Because it makes us sick. And then we get the stories when Jesus heard them saying that. He tells a story about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, all these great stories that we love that we don't realize are rebuke because, you know, people thought we have absolutes. We have it all together. Why are you coming here and messing things up? Because they believed if I follow absolutes in my life, that'll force God to come back. And Jesus said, it's not really about that. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's about loving people. It's about compromising sometimes. You know, it's about, you know, when someone asks you to, you know, when someone forces you to carry, when a soldier forces you to carry your pack, their, their, you know, their shields and sword and stuff, you, you go ahead and carry it an extra mile. You know, you don't get revenge on your enemy. You turn the other cheek. You know, I mean, it's like the idea of nonviolence, you know, you, you can get, get the hell beat out of you, but you don't fight back, not even with your tongue, you know, and those type of things don't make sense and don't seem like the absolute justice of, of things. You know, why would I love someone who continues to hurt me and destroy me? But that's because that's what I'm called to do. So. Those are things that co- that, that, that really helped me and encourage me. And reading this book, and I've not done this book justice at all. I promise you that. I'm, I don't even want him, David to know I read from it because I feel like I slaughtered it. But you should get this book. It's very encouraging. And what I'm saying is, is it's okay to be human. If, if, God, if, if, if God is God, he created us. I and mean, he knows and understands. God knows our doubts and our insecurities and all those things. You know, So it's okay. it's okay to question God. God's a big God. If God can't handle questions, then, you know, God's pretty pathetic. You know, it it doesn't make sense to me. It's not, you know, it's religion. It's man's religion, and it's made up. So there you go. That's what I got for you today. (laughs) Um, Thanks for putting up with me. And uh, do we have anything else? No other announcements? Oh, you know what? I forgot the box today. Oh, man. Does anybody have a hat that's not super sweaty? um we don't like to pass that can we pass your hat do you mind having money in it are you a germ phobe that's actually why I'm, I'm saying my hat's sweaty but i'm kind of a germ phobe i'm like howie Mandel. what's up no i'm not <laughs> um hey if you can give we revolution can use it but if you're not a member here please this isn't for you if you're a member here and you feel like you get something out of this we'd ask your, for your support I hate asking this. I hate passing the hat, but I also can't remember to bring anything with me because Lily and all of them aren't here, so I'm worthless. So if you can give, thank you. If you can't, great. No worries. So did I pray yet? I'm going to pray, and you can continue to pass the hat so we can get out of here. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. Um, We thank you for understanding all of our little things. And all of our doubts and questions and, you know, Lord, I just ask that you'd help people who are trapped in some sort of idea that you were unable to handle those things, that you would, they would be able to experience freedom, Lord. And really that you would just take them out of fear and doubt, you know, or, or just take the fear out so they can feel free to be honest and talk and able to grow. Help us with that. Help me with that. Yeah. Help us to learn to be more transparent just thank you for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. For listening, We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.